I'm David Madsen, and this is Primetime 89, a chance for me to visit and talk story, check in and catch up with classmates from a generation ago, finding out how they're doing, where they are, how they got there, and what experiences they've had along the way. Alan Fong is a friend's friend, a good guy who I've known since elementary school. He's genuine with a calming presence and a good sense of humor. It was nice to catch up after decades and recognizing that all the great things that I remember about him haven't changed. Hey, Alan, how's it going, Matt? Great to see you. Right on. Where do you guys live right now? Salt Lake. Okay. So we're in a condo, first time living in a building in uh, 30-some-odd years, yeah. <laughs> Dave, I got to share this with you because my wife had a flat tire yesterday. Okay. Well, I love tips, especially when it pertains to tools. This little thing, 25 bucks, takes that standard battery. Oh. I, I didn't even have to jack it up, you know, to relieve the pressure on the flat tire. So I actually pumped up her tire to 35 pounds and I checked the rest of them and pumped it up to 35 all around. Plus I did my car. So just a a little tip. I had to share it and I'm going to give it to my dad for Father's Day too, because he has a compressor at home. It's a little bit loud, but you'll be outside, right? Got it. Got it. And that's pretty standard sound, I think. No. Is that like a, a pressure gauge? It's a gauge. Whoa. One stop shop in that little thing. Oh, I love that. That is really nice. And that you don't have to plug into even the cigarette lighter or anything. Thanks for that tip. (laughs) Alan talks about what it was like growing up between the Kailua and the downtown Honolulu sides of the Pali, about family get togethers and making Lao Lao. What what was growing up? for you like like where did you grow up they were in around because i'm the youngest okay so my brother is uh nine years older than me mm-hmm. and my sister is four years older than me and uh, they both went to mckinley okay so my brother lived with my grandmother mm-hmm. my parents split up and then my sister and i were with my mom okay so that was in downtown actually then my dad lived in kailua where he still lives now and so I was the one that uh, actually went back and forth between Kailua and, and town the most mm-hmm. growing up. Growing up, younger days, big family. You know, my, my dad had a big family that here on Oahu, my mom's family was on Maui. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there were just like Paiute parties, you know. Mm-hmm. Grandma used to play Paiute all weekend long, 24 hours a day, and then would just be over there um, when we were younger. And then as we got older, my dad, his sisters, and uh, his brother would keep us together. And that was important to him. So when after graduation, there were less get-togethers. So I used to call it family bonding. And of course, I didn't have a house right out of high school. Uh-huh. But um, my cousin who graduated in 88 and his sister in 86, they lived kind of central uh, in town. So mm-hmm. the family from the, the west could come east and the ones in the east could come west and meet together. So we would just cook different dishes and get together. So that's how we kept it together. 
where was his house where you guys would get together? Uh, Liliha. Oh, that really is central. Um, the house was big enough, but it was comfortable. Then as our parents started getting older, mm -hmm. um, I started getting into making Lao Lao. Me and Kamu Anderson, Brandon, Eugenio would go to Kamu's house and we'd um, experiment different ways of making Lao Lao, different ingredients. And I just didn't like the Lao Lao that was out there. My uncle who passed on used to make my favorite Lao Lao. So I tried to replicate it and then, you know, add sweet potato or make an oxtail Lao Lao and yeah. just do different things. And, you know, you put them in the steamer, you got to wait four hours. So what you're going to do, you're going to tell a story, you know, have some beers, eat some poke, and just camaraderie, right? Yeah. So we probably make about 130 long, long. So, you know, you eat and then you pack and yeah. then everybody gets something to take home. For on a smaller scale, I can fit 10 lao lao in an eight quart instant pot. It'll be done in two hours. And then, so since it's sitting all one way, yeah, and the fat will go down, you know, yeah. on one side. After it, it's done, and then it cools a little in the pot, I'll take it out and I'll flip it the other way. And um, yeah, it works out great too. Getting me hungry for Lao Lao, Alex. Hey, we should do it, Dave, we should do it. Alan and I talk about friendships and extracurricular activities that we do all over again if given the chance. And we realize why it's so important to do it today, whatever that it is. Yeah, we go back a long ways. When did you start at Kamehameha? Fourth grade. And how did you get close with, you know, Travis and Auntie Julia guys? I think I was in Mrs. Neat's class in fourth grade. Okay. And uh, me and Trav used to get the most nails in the head. You know, she used to make her hand like that. And when you was doing something she didn't like, she would dig her nails into your head. But anyway, <laughs> and uh, we kind of hit it off. And so Honda's was the meeting point, right? Yeah. We'd have like sleepovers and we'd end up at Auntie Julia's house or Trav's house, mm -hmm. or at my house. In fact, we used to ride our bikes from Honda's to Trav's house in Pro City. Not. Yeah. Probably was like sixth grade too. Really? What route do you take? I mean... Um, so you'd go along the freeway, along the highway, through Salt Lake, Moana Luang. There's a bike path. Yeah. And then you'd come out in Waimalu behind. It used to be called the Great Outdoors. It's the bike shop now. Okay. Now, by then we were probably so tired that I think we walked our bikes up the hill to his dad's house. Golly. I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> not because I can't, because I'm smarter than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's better ways to do things that I've found them. How do you think you'll be remembered by people who knew you back in high school? Um, <laughs> as a guy who laughed a lot, I guess, who was a good friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now, now you're making me reel through things in my mind now. The way that I remember you is a good friend for sure. 
probably the the more mature one of of the bunch maybe you know metaphorically speaking you were our better conscience because you know you've got those you know little you got the devil and the angel on your shoulder and it's like yeah yeah, yeah let's go and do this it'll be a lot of fun you're like brah i i don't know <laughs> you know i used to stay at auntie julia's house right i mean when we were kids i guess somebody didn't want to take me home i don't know if Uncle Stanley was working or whatever. And then uh, Auntie Julia goes, oh, here, you can go take a shower, use this. And I was like, oh, what is this? It's, it was Beth's uh, shorts. <laughs> she, she didn't have any clothes for Ryan at the time. No, bro, Ryan was skinny. Ryan oh. was skinny, he was way smaller. <laughs> <laughs> and she came out and then, and Beth was like, yeah, just go use them. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it was like these shorts. What wasn't like pink shorts with uh, you know, the kind of the puffballs on them okay. or anything. Gen gender neutral, pretty much. Then. Gender neutral. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I used to catch the bus with uh Stacy Nakamura and Hikili them. And you know, that was some fond memories too. Uh, Kino's mom dropping him off from Waimanalo and then we would all meet at the Dairy Queen in uh, Keolu Drive and uh, everybody still half asleep. Ryan Shinsato 88 still never comb his hair and I think it would be like way way up in the air. Yeah that was some good times and then often Hikili Stacy and me, we would end up on the city bus for some reason. We probably missed the bus going home, that's why. <laughs> Moving to this condo made me go through everything and then reminisce about the things that I found that was packed away. Yeah. And, um, you know, my sash from graduation. Oh, you have the sash yeah. still? Yeah, yeah. I got that's, that too. Get you late too? Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, I still had it in a, in a plastic box, so it was still, you know, lint-free or, or dust-free. I got a banker's box over here of all my annuals, like right here on the ground. <laughs> uh, and that's one of the things that I kept. So, yeah. yeah, I'm with you on that one. That's super precious. You know what really stuck with me until this day was our piano teacher in elementary. We'd be in a room, I, I think it was like one by one. Mm -hmm. We get called down from what is it, Mukhai Pod? No. <laughs> yeah. And then I got an M in that class, which was minimal. I scarred for life. I still think about it now because I could play the song, but I couldn't curl my fingers the way that you're supposed to correctly. Okay. It's like, what the heck? I think I got lickings for that too when I got home. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> and then the other one would be Mr. Lott's class, final exam, running down Akahi, okay, past the hill, and then down by the tennis courts. Before I got to the stairs, for some reason, I think there was a car coming. And then I was running on the curb. Next thing I know, I was on the ground. Now, now that I, I couldn't help, I could have made a better decision to not run on the curb, but I took the final exam 
bleeding and covered uh, with mud on the left side. Oh, got it, got it. So those situations you'd have done a little differently. Yeah. Okay. Was there any teacher that really left an impression on you? I would have to say Catherine Baldwin. Well, what did she teach? Math. She was just the the nicest person and like a good person to to be like. Mm -hmm. You know, and to this day I I still text her <laughs> just Ooh. to see how she's doing. Yeah, she stands out and Liana Honda. If you could relive one moment from high school, what would that be? After breaking my leg, freshman football, I didn't go back. And then I was a band geek. But we traveled, you know, we went to Europe and I'd like to do that again. You know, we toured Europe, we did the Rose Bowl. Yeah. That was good times. What instrument did you play? Started out trombone, baritone, and then the tuba. <laughs> Edit that, please. Not shame, but not proud, you know. Just... <laughs> that laugh said it all, brother. But it took me places. It took me places, though. Our elementary band teacher. So he kind of placed us where he thought we would be best. And, you know, we tried all the instruments. Like, oh, okay, you go here, you go here. Mm -hmm. So kind of just um, ended up that way in the brass section. Tuba was heavy. <laughs> and and there was different ones, right? There's one that you carry on your shoulder and one that wraps around you. Yeah. That's way too much about the tuba, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> the only instrument you had to scrub with Comet and Water, bro. That was the one. Oh, I, I remember that we'd have to take our mouthpieces to the sink after every practice and like wash it out and stuff and spray it with that peppermint smelling something or other and yeah and then leave it for the next guy right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if there was you know someone in our class who you could have lunch with now to talk story with and just find out about them who would you choose and why you know we lost big mike but i used to go see him at the restaurant when he was in kakako and then uh, he'd always be making smoked meat, right? So over the years, maybe over the past five years, I thought, man, I should call him up, you know, and ask if I can watch or whatever. And, you know, after hearing about his passing, I was like, why didn't I do that? You know, I had all this time. Yeah. It it only take a day or less than a day, right? And man, that's who I would call because I, I meant to do something and I didn't, and now I can't. I think that says a lot, you know, just for us. I mean, seizing the moment, yeah. Today we can do stuff now, but tomorrow is never guaranteed. So a, a lot of us feel that way, I think. One of the, the hard things too was, you know, Beth's passing. Yeah. Um, and going to see her and it was, so when you brought this up, you know, when you texted me back in April, I thought of her, 
and how great it would have been to know her thoughts at the time, yeah, at you know, yeah. or before actually, yeah. So that's why I was I was on board. I guess that's one of the regrets that I have is that um, that something like this didn't exist sooner. What's one thing that hasn't changed about you since high school? It sounds kind of cheesy, but my passion for my, my friendships. My brothers and sisters are always my brothers and sisters. Like you guys, you know, Travis in Vegas. Mm -hmm. But when he comes home, you make some time and it, you just pick up where you left off. Running into classmates and just that good feeling. It's always been like that. But I value it. I think that's special. Yeah, it means a lot. I appreciate that, Alan. But, hey, uh, if you're stuck on the side of the road, I would stop and help you. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. What were some of the things you thought life after high school was going to be like? You no, know, my, my dad's a retired plumber. Okay. We used to go to work with him when we were kids, you know, on like the days that we didn't have school or on weekends and stuff. And I actually thought that was the route that I was going to go, mm -hmm. you know, a tradesman, and, you know, he provided, you know, we had everything we needed. The thing is he didn't want me to be a plumber. So I ended up at school, mm -hmm. you know, and then I was at school thinking like, wow, what am I going to do? Like, what am I really interested in? And so it didn't fall the way that I thought it would. So I actually muddled through school. Mm -hmm. And where did you go to college? Uh, UH. Manoa. Yeah. I actually went to school long enough to be a doctor. But of course, you know, I'm not. <laughs> so, uh, so, I, I, I'm so sorry to hear that because not even <laughs> doctors want to be in school long enough to be a doctor. <laughs> Brah, 19 years after I graduated from high school, I got my first real job as a doctor. Long but, road. You know, that says a lot of, about your work ethic, you know, and you know, how much it took to get there. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so, so you were at UH Manoa for a long time. You know, when you start getting white hairs and you're sitting in that class and everybody's looking at you, who's this old guy in here? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not that old. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, Alan, all I'm thinking is, well, at least there was hair because at, at our age, I would take white hair over, you know, <laughs> patches. <laughs> that, that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm at. Now. I can relate. I can totally yeah. relate. <laughs> so when I didn't have as much white hair, uh -huh. you know, my wife would be like, oh, you want me to pull that one out? I'm like, hell no. Leave it there. At least it's hair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm with you on that. At least uh, nobody called me uncle in class, though. At, at UH, what did you study? At first, Hawaiian studies. Mm -hmm. Fully activated. But I was sitting in a class, and I just felt uncomfortable. Either you were on that professor's side, or you, you out, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't even talk to me. I was like, really? See, I get the same blood in my veins. You know, I have my own opinion. Yeah. And then um, 
went to the counselor and said, hey, what's the quickest way you can get me out of here? Yeah. And, um, you know, sitting in class, I didn't think it belonged there. Mm -hmm. Didn't feel good about that. I, I left. Mm -hmm. So how far along was that? Was that like a couple of years into, into your major? Yeah, it was a couple of years. What was your major, though, at that point? Uh, American Studies. Okay. Interesting. Talk about uh, 180. Went from Hawaiian studies to uh, American studies. Yeah, that's that's one of the, the tough things. I think there's a lot of important issues in Hawaii and with being Hawaiian. Some choose to make it very polarizing, which is unfortunate. There's people look at it in the, in the purest sense. And there's others, I think, like us, who have a, a more pragmatic approach to solving these disagreements. Yeah, some people are, you know, prefer to take the zero sum game approach where I win, you lose, or if if you win, I lose. Not, you know, can we come to a compromise in the middle and and, and you know, yeah, raise everyone up. So, yeah. Did you finish up at UA? The world? No, I ended up going to uh, part time, and then working full time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then that's never a good thing because. Well, for me anyway, because mm -hmm. then school took less of a, a importance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it turned out okay. Now I, I just wonder how it would have uh, been different, but I don't think I would change a thing except uh, to reimburse my my parents. <laughs> you know, but what? they never ask. <laughs> I never give. <laughs> Alan has been with Hawaiian Airlines for decades, has worked his way up the ladder and taken on more responsibilities. I just made 22 years at Hawaiian Airlines last month, so I've been doing that for a while now. I'm in charge of regulatory compliance for the cargo department, mm -hmm. as well as the services and systems. So. Our cargo system, our computer system that we use, I guess it kind of encompasses everything. And I'm also in charge of the international stations that we fly to. So right now we're only operating in Japan and Korea, but uh, hopefully we'll start up Papa Ete next and then get back to Sydney and Brisbane and Auckland when things get better, of course. Sure. Wow. So... All of Hawaiian Air's you know, systems throughout everywhere they serve, you're responsible for that? For the cargo department. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For the freight side. Um, where would you look to going if you guys weren't um, here? So airline industry, you know, there's openings, all states, different countries. And uh, I guess in my position, it opened me up to visiting those places, seeing how things are going and meeting new people. Mm -hmm. And so opportunities came up, but you know, Hawaiian was, was good to me too. So just thinking about my parents and living life here, you know, I, I didn't really want to live anywhere else but Hawaii. Mm -hmm. As I got into my forties, I thought, you know, hey, there's these opportunities, should I go? My parents are getting older, 
and I was able to make it work here. So yeah, yeah, terrific. And then the career kind of didn't settle in until about 28. Mm -hmm. So I, I stayed in the airline industry and made it my career. Uh, we lost some people. We had an early out package and uh, a lot of our seniors took it. And that's when it actually came down to me. I was a project manager prior to that. Mm -hmm. When COVID hit, the early out uh, offer came and then that's when I got everything under my my wings. Yeah. But it's good though. I was able to keep working through uh -huh. COVID. Yeah. Allowed to work from home, which uh, now I got this five foot desk with three monitors and, you know, <laughs> it, it was kind of bad though, you know, not, not leaving the house. Yeah. You know, working, uh, grab some lunch uh, in the kitchen, come back, you know, mm -hmm. like everybody else. But then, um, you know, when your responsibilities come, become so vast yeah. that you end up eating dinner and then coming back to the desk, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I was fortunate though. I feel fortunate to have kept working. If you could have any other job in the world, what would that be? Probably do something in the water. Fascinated with deep sea. Mm -hmm. I like to go down there and, and be a researcher in a sub. Mm -hmm. So it was like exploring for sunken ships or like um, deep sea creatures or what's, what's deep the sea draw? creatures, you know, what lies down there somewhere um, that few people have gone. Mm -hmm. yeah, that would be my ideal job. And, it, and again, a small circle. And it's not really what you do, it's who you do it with. Mm -hmm. Right, your coworkers, the people that surround you, that makes a good day, helps you enjoy what you do. That's a hobby that I watch videos and documentaries on. Mm -hmm. So I kind of incorporated the two. Yeah, well, I tell you what, if, if you ever get that job, give me a call. I'll go around with you. We'll have some good fun. Yeah. <laughs> We'll take some lala and some beers down there. Ooh, man. I, I don't know what we're going to smell like when we come back up to the surface, but yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> Alan shares how he met his wife over poi, coffee, and a nudge. Tell me about your wife. Uh, Shino. How did you guys meet? I was working at Food Pantry in Waikiki. Okay. And I was in the produce department, so... I was cleaning onions. So, you know, making it nice for you guys when you guys come in and pick it up, you know, not, not so much loose skin, mm -hmm. making it presentable. And so it comes in a 50 pound sack and I'm just standing over there, you know, fumbling around with it, putting it on, on the display. Well, my wife-to-be was now yeah. dialed. And then at that time, uh, HPC, Honolulu Boy Company, was making baked goods. Mm -hmm. So they was making um, taro bread, taro pan. It came in like a, a four pack or something. And it was in the bread aisle, which was right down from me, maybe about 15 feet away. And then I heard her say, oh, taro. And so I'm cleaning onions and then I look at her and then I tell her, why, you eat taro? And then she looked up and she looked at me and she said, yeah, I eat taro. 
And I was like, oh, well, you eat poi. She goes, yeah, where's the poi? And I said, right over there. And then so I took her to the poi. And then um, we just started talking and it was, was innocent. You know, it was funny. It was funny. Sure. And then so um, her mom had just passed and she took care of her mom for a couple of years. Uh -huh. And then she just told her dad, you know, I, I need to take a break. And she came to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And so I think she was on her first or second day. And then um, she came into our store. And so I think she stayed another five days. So she would come in every day to get something to eat. Mm -hmm. And then we'd just talk. And then by the or fourth day, she came in and she asked me, oh, you know, you want to grab coffee after work? And then I said, oh, I don't drink coffee. And then I went in the back. And this, this is like day three or something. I told one of my coworkers what she said. And she was an older lady, my coworker. Mm -hmm. And she just slapped me and said, are you stupid? Like, you don't have to drink coffee. You can drink something else. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so then she came back and then um, I said, oh, I, I guess I could drink something else. And she was like, uh, yeah. Wait, so did, did she actually use those expressions in, in the initial exchanges with you? All that sarcasm and everything? Oh, oh, that that was for real. Oh, that's that's hilarious. That, yeah, the point part was for real. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and that's how it started. Sweet. So, oh, she's right here. Hey, she know how are you? <laughs> nice Sorry, to see we, you. We're talking about we're talking about you. So. What? <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Talking about point. Hey, what's up? The door goes down. <laughs> Oh, poi's good. Yeah, poi is delicious. <laughs> poi's good. <laughs> so how long was she back the second time before you flew back with her? I think it was a couple months. Okay. So she was actually in medical school when uh, her mom got sick. Her mom had cancer. Yeah. So she stayed home from school and they gave her two years to come back but she took a little bit more than two years. So uh, she couldn't go back to medical school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she would come visit um, at that time, uh, her mom passing, and then mm -hmm. she started picking up tutoring jobs. So she was tutoring kids in the area. Oh, this year we'll make 18, yeah. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's amazing. So you guys got married in 2003? Four. 17 huh? years? Okay. 2004. Okay. Yeah. Could we have met in 2001? So I don't think it was 2001. Hmm. Well, it might be 17. <laughs> <laughs> you can go, um, what's the phrase? Check the film. Yeah, yeah, Check yeah. The replay. <laughs> oh, you know, I think it's okay because if I asked her the same thing, she would have the same answers and be looking up to the left just like me. So right now during COVID, it's it's a pretty tough time. You know, Japan's 
their borders aren't closed, but it's such a task to get into the country. And yeah. normally we go at least once a year. Mm -hmm. So she's got her, her whole family back there? It's actually just her dad, who's okay. also aging. Um, okay. Um, so she'd like to go and see him. Where does he live? So originally from Tokyo, mm -hmm. uh, he retired in the countryside in uh, Shizuoka. Okay. So he he was alone and COVID was, I guess, took a toll on his, his whole being, I guess, being isolated. Sure. Because he was very, um, he's a retired executive from uh, Fujitsu. Mm -hmm. And being by himself, even in retirement, he would volunteer in the community. And when COVID hit, all of that stopped and he was alone in his house 24 seven weeks on end. And just two or three months ago, he got his first uh, smartphone. Okay. So that's that's been helping. And, uh, you know, Amazon Japan will, will just order stuff for him and send it to him. And he's been able to, to enjoy I guess different things, right? And look forward to, hey, I got a package coming, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff to share with the neighbors. So sure. he's vaccinated now. So that's, you know, we're one step closer to seeing him. So what's your indulgence? You know, like something that you know you don't need, but you just do to spoil yourself. Food, bro. And it's crab, king crab, snow crab. Anything, crap. <laughs> that and um, you don't want to travel, travel to Asia. Yeah. Trying as much uh, good food as you can. Especially mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Japan. What's your normal breakfast menu item? A piece of toast and some arabiki sausage. What is arabiki? It's a Japanese coarse ground pork sausage. So the arbiki is the style of sausage. Got it. It can be spicy. There's a spicy one and there's a normal one, which is like a, like a bratwurst. It sounds delicious. It sounds like something I'll have to try when I get back to Hawaii. Brother, I'll have a cooler ready. <laughs> Perfect. At 50 years old, we've gotten good at planning for this and that as we navigate our pathway through life. But sometimes it's an elder's perspective that opens our eyes to a better path. How do you feel about turning 50? I'm excited that I made it. Kind of reflecting too, you know, on all, all the things that uh, we did and where we are now mm -hmm. and what I want to do for the next you know, what, what's coming up next. So I'm already okay to retire from Hawaiian. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking for opportunities. Mm -hmm. Now, were there any, any sentinel events that changed the direction or course of your life? My former boss at Hawaiian, George Kaanana, he was my manager at the time and I was a union member. He encouraged me to apply for a higher position. He recognized potential, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he didn't want me to stay stagnant. And then to today, you know, we're, we're really good friends. 
I talk to him at least once a week um, just to see how he's doing and his family's doing. So maybe that too, maybe he thought that I was somebody he'd like to have dinner with, you know, not just work with. That's one of my criteria too, right? You know, your friends from work, um, yeah. people I get close to is the, the people you wouldn't mind having dinner with, right? Yeah. Spending yeah. time away from work with, so. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was maybe something he sensed. It sounded like he recognized some of the intangible qualities in you that he felt would um, make for a good manager or you know department you know head and for that reason you know he encouraged you to to take it to the next level yeah so i i believe that's true and you know he kind of like hey you're over here you could be over there looking ahead um, where you'll be at 60. At 60, I hope to be um, already retired. And yeah, I, we don't have kids. So just enjoying life. Mm -hmm. Not at 60, but from today, right? And every day. Find those little joys, doing things that make you happy. I mean, it could be just eating lunch at the beach, you know, simple things like that. Of course. And enjoying what's around you. Mm -hmm and planning trips, you know, to see something new, learn something new. Um, that's what I look forward to at 60. Mm -hmm. I don't plan to be working at 70. Yeah, and who knows if that brings me back to the workforce, mm -hmm. you know, so be it. That's not in the plan right now. <laughs> How would you describe a fulfilled life? I guess being able to take care of my parents mm -hmm. and what they gave me and what I can give back to them uh, means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. Take care of my wife mm -hmm. uh, to the best of my ability to, I guess, you know, help them to be happy. Mm -hmm. And so Kamu, Brandon, Stu, Stacy. Akili, still in my circle. Mm -hmm. Fulfillment is seeing all you guys once in a while, mm -hmm. uh, having a couple beers, doing something, maybe even taking a trip, enjoying your life the way you want. Simple things, really. That's what fulfills me. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Hey, you better call me before you come home, man. Yeah, okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Primetime 89. I'd like to thank our guest, Alan Fong, for taking the time to talk story with us. I'd also like to thank everyone who helped put this together. Jamie Barboza and Nicole Yoshimitsu, Wendy Brown, and Kaylee Aquaro. And a special thank you to Drez Dwayne Andres for the music, and Elizabeth Matson with production and editing. I'm your host, David Matson. Be sure to like us and follow us at Primetime 89 Hawaii, where you can see photos of our guests and their stories, and subscribe to get the latest updates and news of upcoming episodes. And join us again with another classmate 
Primetime 89.